see, young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. Simon. This is Brandon Killabia Troll. And welcome to a new segment for Grassroots Podcast. It's called Rooted. It is a segment that we're going to do a deep dive into not only personal stories, but topics that really resonate with us on a personal level in some shape or form. Or we just think it's really funny to talk about. So yeah. um, today we actually have a really interesting topic. Um, Brandon and I are going to be talking. Uh, well, Brandon's going to start off, but we're going to be talking about the times where we've gotten stuck in crossfire. Yeah, yeah. So a few weeks ago, uh, I saw that a comedian by the name of Steve Brown uh, was attacked on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it was from a joke or I don't know what happened with the circumstances, but it, it really reminded me of a time that uh, I was performing with Joe. I think we were in... I want to say Rhode Island. I want to say Rhode Island. I don't know what happened, but um, so we go on and we're performing. And in the midst of us uh, performing, there's a guy in the middle of the uh, of the crowd or whatever. And you can you can always kind of point this out. Like yeah. you can always see when someone just has bad intentions or they have like a bad vibe with them. So this guy's standing there, and then we lock eyes, pause. So <laughs> I'm looking at him, and I'm like. Everyone seems to be having a great time, but you. This is all cool. It kind of re uh, also reminded me of uh, Malcolm X when Malcolm X is preaching at the end of the movie when he dies. Spoiler uh, alert for those who haven't seen it. And he <laughs> dies. And, oh, that's uh, a big spoiler. Word. <laughs> and, um, and the one guy, you can see it on his face that he's grimacing and something is wrong. So fast forwarding uh, or rewinding back to my story. So the guy is standing there. And lo and behold, he pulls out a gun and starts shooting at stage. Uh, Joe actually grabbed me and pulled me away. And was it like um, directly? Like, what, like, was he standing in the middle and just directly? Literally in the middle of the crowd, just oh, wow. standing there. wasn't singing any lyrics. wasn't smiling. He was, he was, he was there for a reason. So he starts shooting uh, at the stage. But uh, a bunch of fans and people grab him or whatever. But Joe, like, literally, because I was frozen, I was just like, oh, shit, is this happening? Yeah. And he pulls me and uh, brings me to the back. And he's like, you good? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? And he was like, next time, move. Like, he was pissed. But I was like, I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah. But um, it, the reason I'm, I'm obviously saying this story, because I thought about just security. Like, we, we obviously took measures after that. We, uh, we, we were kind of all on point yeah. as far as when we're performing, you know, certain protocols with people around the stage, not by the stage, or just things not, that should never happen. You know what I'm saying? And obviously that's one of the extreme circumstances in the universe where, you know, this guy happens to get into a venue. But I just thought about the guy, C. Brown. I, I just thought, what was his security guard doing or his security or his friends or his crew or something like? Even towards the end of uh, Joe kind of performing, 
I thought a lot about uh, uh, where there were times where people would even get on to stage or attempt to, and now because we were yeah. all on such high alert, it was like, oh no, fuck this. So we all would just stop, or he would stop, or make it known that something is happening. And I just mm -hmm. think that um, for entertainers or, or comedians, just people in general that perform, you should always be cognizant of your surrounding areas yeah. and just people in the crowd uh, uh, i'm very big on just paying attention to the movements and what's happening and yeah. shit like that and also it kind of goes to um being aware within a club setting so yeah. like for my experience like i wasn't at a rap, rap concert i went to a school in kentucky and there was a bar that we went to. And it was, like, the first time I actually went to this specific place. Like, I, the, the usually the bars that we go to were right near the college. And, and you know, it, that's where we went to. And, I mean, we kind of got, we kind of got, like, tired of that scene and also a little bit tired of hearing country music at certain places. So then we went to this one spot where a lot of the athletes went to. So you saw, like, the basketball players. Uh, you saw some football players. I mean, there was just a lot of different people and it was a great time and it didn't look like anything was crazy going on inside like for your experience how you said you saw that person and you just felt like a weird vibe like you just it, it yeah no one really got that mm -hmm. um but then we were hearing gunshots um but it wasn't on the inside it was seemed like it was coming from the outside so they were like rushing everyone in trying to, and then they were telling people to get off the rooftop and stuff and uh, i was just like yo what the hell is going on now, luckily for me, like I've I've never really had to experience that, but like I guess maybe <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's because of my athletic experience. Like something just clicked for me, and I was like thinking about okay, what I need to do to make sure that myself and my friends are okay. My fr some of my friends froze. Like one of my friends freaked out so much, she was a DD and <laughs> left us and like hid it in like under cars and stuff, and like wouldn't give my keys back. Her boyfriend had to walk back and give my keys. And um, me, you know, the cops eventually came. I took my friends. We, we went inside at first. And then something in me was like, we shouldn't be staying inside a room. I was like, let's go. Let's go outside in the back. Like, yeah. out, there's no one back there. Um, so I took them out in the back. I actually took them into the woods because there's like a wooded area. And um, the cops came, everything like that. And like, we didn't really know what was going on because like, some, like when you can't see the shooter and you hear gunshots, sometimes it sounds like it's around you. Like you yeah. don't know what the yeah. hell is going on. And come to find out, like there's these guys or, or, or apparently like, uh, like either they were like a, a, a gang affiliated or they just kids doing stupid kid stuff. Mm -hmm. And what they were doing was they were shooting the guns, not at like through the building because where we were partying like you couldn't really see us through that so what they were doing was shooting it up in the air in hopes that it will come down mm -hmm. and that's why they removed people from the rooftop gotcha. so it's but it's wild like we live in an age where so many places just don't feel safe anymore yeah. and like th like i said this wasn't like a bar or club that was known for having trouble and everything like uh, that i know of like i never went to a bar in kentucky and had issues like that but just to experience that, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, w it was one of those things where um, it was like a split-second decision. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, he literally grabbed me, but in the midst of him, grab, uh, Joe grabbed me. I was just like, what th what's happening? Yeah. And I and, and because I, was, I think I was so young at that time, uh, you know, just recording, I wasn't so aware. Like, I wasn't, I didn't really know what to do or, yeah. you know, I was just kind of inexperienced. You know, obviously, if, you, if you're from 
like the hood or something like that and, and from Jersey City, like you kind of know you can predict these things, but I'm like, I'm focused on the crowd. Like yeah. I'm not really thinking that can happen in, in a, what I deem to be a safe in, environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was definitely a, a learning lesson for me. I mean, sometimes um, you have to, sometimes like you're, I, I always tell people, you're not going to always know how you're going to react unless you're in that situation. Yeah, like I, like I said, definitely. I've never, I, I've never had anyone shoot at me or be, in a shooting or anything of that nature. So when it happens, like the instincts, the survival instincts tapped in and I was just like, nah, like we're not going out like this. But still, like just like you have other people like my friends that literally freaked out. And I'm not mad at my friend who was scared mm -hmm. about like being like driving and all that stuff and like going to my car and, and she stayed with her boyfriend. But even still, like you never you never know what's gonna happen or how you're gonna respond in certain situations like that. Yeah, I think I think all uh, circumstances or situations just in general, you should definitely take away from, take something away from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't just be a moment in time that happens and you're just like, oh, yeah. glad I survived that or whatever the case may be. You should definitely uh, harness something from that information because you just never know when it'll come back in uh, handy. Did you have that like initial fear set in? But that's the thing. I wasn't scared. It wasn't a, a scared type of feeling. It was one of those things where I was just kind of like stuck. I was like, yeah. oh shit, like where do I go? Like for me now, like when I walk into a venue, I, I look at, after that, I look at the exits. I look at where people could possibly jump up. I look at just, I play yeah. out all different types of scenarios in my head just based off of that one circumstance that mm -hmm. happened. So for me, I, I have a game plan, but when that happened, I didn't have a game plan. So I was just like, yeah. oh shit. Like I'm just looking around like, what the fuck? What do yeah. I do? And then Joe pulled me, and then our, our DJ at the time, which was his, his uh, brother Doolittle, he he, we all rush off the stage. They grab me, and immediately we just we just move. Um, and then uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like it, it was it was never a fear. It was just like damn, I'm like stuck. Like where do I go? What do I do? Type of thing. Yeah, I I had I I, I would admit I definitely had an initial fear, but it was like a quick like oh shit. And then it was like, all right, what do we need to do? But I think what also kind of helped me keep my cool was, like I said, I had alcohol in me. Not to the point where I was just, like, sloppy drunk. But, like, yeah. I had a drink or two. And, like, so it made me calmer. It made me numb. not, yeah, it made me a little numb and not, like, freaking out and going crazy. And mm -hmm. um, I don't, and, I, and that's, like, I don't know how I would have handled it if I didn't have that in me, to be honest. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. But, um I definitely had that initial fear, but I, I didn't have that initial fear like life flashing before my eyes. It was mm -hmm. just kind of like a, oh shit, I've never personally experienced this kind of thing ever. Like, like I'm from the suburbs. Like, I'm never going to claim that you know I'm not, um, and I've never had to deal with those. And and even when I visited my family, you know, back when I was younger in Brooklyn and and Camden and and other places, I never. It's weird. I never felt. Like, I would ever come across that. And then, yeah. lo and behold, I go to freaking Kentucky, and this shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, I'm not really surprised it happened in Kentucky. There's some wild shit that goes on in, in uh, Kentucky. But. I mean, there's wild shit that happens everywhere. But, like, but that's I, I'm going to, like, a school that's predominantly white and going to a place that's, like, it, like I said, it didn't seem to me like some sketchy-ass place. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. Well, I mean, that's just proof of it, it could really happen anywhere. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you, you're never really safe 
I think when you when you think about in the grand scheme of things between incidents happening, uh, a shooting happened uh, recently with with some twelve year old girl or some shit like that. Um, oh you, yeah, you was was it? Uh, is that in California? Yeah, I believe Something I believe like it was. I, I briefly uh, skimmed through it just because it's uh, depressing. But yeah. I, I say that because you, you never know. It could, it could happen. It can go down. And it could go down here while we're recording. You know what I'm saying? Like you just never know where where you're going to be or how the circumstances will, will change vastly. And you just got to react and, and kind of figure out what to do and or what not to do. Yeah, it's. And, and you never know who would experience, you know, certain things. Like, I don't think people expected me to kind of experience this sort of thing yeah. ever. Um, and it's also, and, and you know what? Your story uh, reminded me about, like, I actually, um, the situation that happened at Irving Plaza, I was actually supposed to go to that event. And for some reason, I decided not to. And it's just, like, it's crazy because, like, media people go and like you would think that some venues are starting to to improve their securities and stuff like that but like even now we have to worry about outside and clubs and schools and and all these different things you know yeah but even that like and i understand like you, you know the whole Ir irving plaza shit was insane obviously mm -hmm. um but i just think about how artists move as well you know what i'm saying and 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 the people that come with them and, and things of that nature. It's kind of hard to to uh, stop certain things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like people bringing in weapons and shit like that or just an altercation breaking out. Um, it's it's not as easy as it as it seems yeah. uh, or or that it would seem for, for people to kind of prevent that. I, I kind of think uh, when you're a club owner or, or someone that has a, a business establishment, it kind of comes mm -hmm. with the turf of you know, if you're gonna start getting into uh, entertainment, you gotta factor in uh, altercations, you gotta factor in drug use, you gotta factor in dealing with uh, people that may not come from such humble beginnings and, yeah. and, and dealing with what comes with that. There's a lot of variables as well with that. So I think it's just one of those things where you, you should factor that in and, and try to plan accordingly as best as possible. Uh, being a devil's advocate, uh, do you feel like it's still a lose-lose situation for rappers no matter what the situation is? It's like you don't fully protect yourself with guns. Now, I'm not saying not, I'm not saying all artists. I'm just saying, you know, artists that may have situations like this. Um, do you feel like if they'll lose no matter what, if they don't protect themselves well enough and something happens like that or 100%. they carry guns around and then they get caught by cops and then they go to jail for that i, I don't ever um i think there's a way to go about it right like i think there's certain artists in the world that uh should never be alone mm -hmm. and you and 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 i know that 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 may sound crazy just because everyone wants their own me time, but there's certain artists in the world that should never be just walking aimlessly. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because, uh, number one, you put yourself in a, in a bad spot. Number two, um, because of your stardom and who you are as a person and how you're perceived from people, uh, the the what's the the consequences are greater. Um, and your judgment for whatever happens, be it you punching somebody in the face, you doing whatever, even if you're defending yourself, you'll always be looked at 
as the person that's in the wrong. I think, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm sure artists, you sign up for that. You know, you know what you're signing up for when you're when you're becoming uh, someone that wants to be in the spotlight. You, you're mm-hmm. now, people can paint you any way they want to paint you, and it's very difficult for you to be able to escape that. I just think that there's a way to get around it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things that you can, you should be able to prevent. But well, they, I mean the way they get around it was either they get their security to handle a situation or they get a homeboy to handle and a situation. That, but that's, that's really what it is. So, it's, it's, so then it's, it's not it's their game. They're not going to be at the root of the issue. It's like, oh, such and such and such as homeboy did that. Such and such as security did yeah. not, not yeah, that yeah, artist but specifically. But, but even with that, I think uh, that's a burden too. Yeah. Because now if you got someone that's willing to, to hold – uh, you know, a gun for you or, or, or hold drugs for you, whatever the, the circumstances are, and they get caught. Now it's one of those things where it's like, all right, you got to take care of them. Let's say they got family, a wife, kid, you got to take care of them. Yeah. And if you don't, if the person is that loyal enough uh, to be doing these things for you, it's probably not the person you want to not help out <laughs> in, in a jam. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's a thin line. It's either you move smarter and just, you know, kind of plan appropriately or you run that rat yeah. race of, of now having to protect yourself by any means but knowing the consequences if if something happens yeah. you know if he gets jammed up hey you're the first person that's getting that call and you got to deal with it and that's also why it's important for artists to especially if they're from certain situations that are in the best environments or you know even if, if they're from the hood like once you get to a certain stardom level like you may not you're not going to be able to go home and sometimes yeah. like there may be people that don't want to see you thrive and succeed and mm-hmm. if you if you stay where you're from and that could cause issues and but that's unfortunate that there has to be like you it's like when you're an artist you you start off by repping where you're from mm-hmm. and you love where you're from and but then it, it if you get so big it becomes a situation where you can't even I wouldn't say necessarily say appreciate, but like still rep and be in your area because of fear of someone being jealous or, or security issues or anything like that. 50 said it best. It ain't good to do good in the hood. It's a yeah. fact. As much you could do as much repping as you want. You can uh, uh, you could create a whole fucking album of all the rappers in your hood. It still would never be good enough because you have people that will never reach that height or that pinnacle in their uh, aspiring careers. And it's jealousy and it's a number of things. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things that you can't really escape. Um, God rest his soul, Stack Bundles. Jo- uh, Joe and, and Webb and Nitty and, and Skane, they would all talk about it and say, yeah, you got to move out of Far Rock. You got to move out of Far Rock. And, you know, when it happened, it was just like, damn, like, he was he was trying to move out, but he was just so connected to his people that yeah. you know. And same thing for like Chinks and all these people. They got. I just wish they had more time to kind of assess their situations a little bit better and be able to kind of you know blossom into the great people and artists that they you know could have been. But I, th- I, d- I still do like how they supported their families and mm-hmm. and still appreciated where they came from. But you're right. Like there has to come a point in time where you're gonna have to make an adjustment and. It's not even with rappers, like 
anyone that becomes successful or becomes a celebrity, you're going to have to eventually adjust and change your environment and your friends and people who are around you because not everyone wants to see you win. That kind of, I mean, this is kind of sidetracked, but this kind of goes back to, I watched um, Hell's Kitchen yesterday Mm -hmm. and there's this uh, two finalists and one of them was going to end up actually um, heading or leading the Las Vegas chain or the Las Vegas kitchen. Um, and they would get like a quarter, mil- quarter million of dollars uh, annually. And it was a, a young 22, no, sorry, 26 year old. And then this guy who's like, I think 41 older family and those two were competing. And basically they had to, um, I don't know the proper term for like what chefs do, but they had to lead their kitchen to serve family and and those attending and there is uh this one woman i forget her name but um she was trying to sabotage the the 26 year old she was a part of her team she was trying to sabotage her challenge because she didn't want her to win because she herself did not win now the other the other guy um his team they were down supportive you know making sure that everything was going well but that one girl like even when she was doing like she was uh expressing herself in the confessional room she was basically saying like she don't she don't want her the the young lady to win and she was literally trying to like mess things up um great thing is that 26 year old she won she got that opportunity and the crazy thing was that 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 woman who was trying to mess her stuff up, she was crying at the end, not because of being happy for the person, but because the girl that she wanted to lose and sabotage ended up winning. And when she did the confessional, she's like, I didn't come here to lose. Like, there are some foul ass sore loser people out there in the world that's what you deal with in life you gotta think about it like Mm -hmm. uh just in life you're gonna deal with people that don't want to see you succeed absolutely like you could be the best person in the universe you could be super helpful you could do a number of things to try to uplift someone it's still if it's not in their make they're not going to support you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I look at a lot of times just with people. You, you can't, you could, you could be the, uh, you know, you can expect them to do well and, and to be good people towards you, but th- the bottom line, that shit ain't happening. It's, it's just not the world we live in. Yeah. It, it's not anything that you should take personally. It's just life business. <laughs> That's how uh. I look at it. It's just life business. It's just keep it moving and keep it chucking and just learn from the experiences and just learn from what they've displayed. Now, if you put yourself in that situation again where, you know, they've displayed where they can't be trusted or or uh, have a sense of malice, then and you still fuck with them, then that's kind of on you. You asked for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, going back to that cooking thing, when that girl was crying, the, the, uh, the other one who won, she was like, you good? <laughs> and she kept crying. She smiled. She's like, all right. And then she is, like, mad, like – that was like some clean, petty. clean pettiness. <laughs> I love, yo, when I was watching the whole thing, I was like, yo, if she wins, she better be petty as fuck because she was doing some horrible stuff trying to sabotage her. I would, I'm sorry, I, I'm a nice person, but I would have been petty yeah, you're queen after. I would have been like, but I would have been subtle petty like hers, but she was like, you good? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I've been working on my pettiness though. I don't think there's I'm as levels petty. levels to it. Yeah, there's levels. I, I think I've done a great job in not being petty as I used to be. I'm not usually petty, but like, it, like no, I'm really petty. There's yeah. a level where you, just, you get that disrespect, like, yeah. 
Uh, mm, that the pettiness is coming out. <laughs> 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 the petty cards are coming out. The pettiness. Oh, uh, but it's unfortunate that like we live in a society where like you have to be careful of your safety just because you are great at what you do. Like it's the it world sucks. We live in man. I know, but it's, it's, it's still dog sucks. Eat dog world is 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 the New York state of mind. It's just it's <laughs> just what it is. It's I think just because I'm so numb and, um, and immune to it that I, I don't get affected. Like, when I was younger, I would really be affected by shit. Like, when people would try to be cool with me just because of yeah. people I knew or what I was doing or who I was associated with. And then I'd come to find out that they were just trying to use me. It used to really, really bother me. Now, I'd just be like, all right, I'm, I'm 10 steps ahead of you. I already, I already see you coming. Yeah, I'm numb, I already too. Know you. I'm, I'm cool. I can tell. I can tell, like, when someone... Yeah, it's so like funny. I have, like like freaking text psychic abilities like i can tell just by the way someone contacts me when they contact me how often like yeah. if they're gonna ask yeah. for something and like i understand like the more you go up in this industry like it's 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 weird to say but like if people want to use you that's actually a good sign that you are very valuable in a sense but i'm all for being used oh yeah that's i'm not saying anything about that i'm just saying like the misuse you yes like you're gonna be used because you are very valuable, yeah. but in this, in certain situations, there's a difference between you know uh, uh, soaking, like like no, I'm I'm about to use the wrong ass term, um, squeezing squeezing an orange juice or orange with the juice out as much as right no no, but basically <laughs> like like either being like tit for tat or squeezing the life out and taking as much as you can, like yeah. how you do an orange or, or a lemon or anything, you squeeze the juice out as much as you can from mm -hmm. it and then you're gonna leave it yeah. and it's like not usable anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I had a I had to try and get that saying redone. Yeah, word. Cause that was a little slippy slide, <laughs> a little time. That, that was starting to sound crazy. <laughs> Listen, listen, ever since my surgery, like, I don't get any sleep at all. So this is like a workout right Work. now. This is a real workout for a me right workout. now. Mental workout? Physical, mental, uh, even happiness. Even happiness workout. Like, okay. try to stay positive and happy. Like, it sucks. You, you will, uh, if you've never had to stay indoors and in your bed, for weeks upon weeks, you will never understand the mental strife and issues that come with that. Yeah. It's some fucked up shit. Like after two weeks, I'm I'm starting. I'm like, yo, you got this, cabin fever. Uh, <laughs> cabin fever. Uh, you know, you you start to feel low and blue, and mm -hmm. it's. I'm just like, yo, I need to get out. Like I need to start walking or some shit. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you out. You in these streets? We recorded. Nice episode. Barely. Tuesday episode. Now we got this episode today. We I barely money. got out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, inching my way over, blocking out, uh, blocking up the sidewalks and shit and everything. With my crutches and thing as brace. You crutching away, girl. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? Gotta do what I gotta do. We gotta be consistent for the fans, you Word. know? Speaking, speaking of the fans, uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, grassroots podcast that's um, on Instagram, grassroots pod on Twitter. Uh, contact grassroots pod uh, at gmail.com for artist submissions as we do our, our weekly playlist uh, uh, sponsored by Audio Mac or partner with Audio Mac rather. And um, also make sure you guys comment. Tell us about some of the things that you guys have gone through, maybe some traumatic uh, situations or uh, 
I guess, life lessons that you've learned yeah. throughout the course of your journey within this beautiful world. Yeah, and be sure, on my right, be sure to check out some of our other podcast episodes. And to Brandon's left, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already to be part of our grassroots journey and our family and get to see more dope exclusive content that we have in store. Yeah, I like that. You bodied that. Hey! You bodied that. You bodied that. And <laughs> join our group chat. Oh Link yeah. at the bottom. Oh yeah, can't, f- can't forget. Link at the bottom uh, description. Join our group chat. Uh, it's, a, it's a group chat we've cremated cremated what the fuck <laughs> created <Whoa. laughs> i'm tired it's a group chat that we've That's created right, now. created uh <laughs> for our grassroots community uh it's it's fastly growing we talk about everything literally everything in yeah. there uh so you'll see the link at the bottom of this uh i mean i guess that's it right yeah all right i'm brandon killer bh hall i'm erin ashley simon and we out you've been rooted hey